Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including eBooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hi, everyone. Welcome to New Books and Sociology, a podcast channel of the New Books Network. I'm your host, Rituparna, and today I'm going to be in conversation with Chetan Chaitani. He is an assistant professor in Inequality and Human Development Program at the School of Social Sciences, National Institute of Advanced Studies, India. The broad disciplinary domain of Chetan's work is development studies. Within this area, his research and teaching interests include migration and urbanization, food and nutrition, livelihoods, gender and social policy, and how they relate to development, particularly in the context of India. Chetan has done extensive fieldwork in remote parts of India, and his research uses primary field-based insights to engage with and inform larger issues of development. He has published two authored books and several articles in leading peer-reviewed journals. His latest book-length publication is Migration, Food Security and Development, Insights from Rural India, published by the Cambridge University Press in 2023. Today, we are going to discuss this book in this particular conversation. So Chetan, welcome to NBN. Thank you for the time and the opportunity. Uh, thanks for having me, Ritukarna. Right. So let's get started by asking you uh, the main motivation behind writing this book. What was it that led you to, you know, uh, get this book together? Uh, uh, thanks. Uh, so if you uh, allow me to talk a bit about this book first. Uh, so this uh, work looks at the role migration as a livelihood strategy plays in influencing food security among poor rural households in India. And I focus uh, in particular on rural urban migration, which is an important and in fact uh, dominant form of labor mobility among rural communities in India and in many other parts of the developing world. And try to document how does that migration relate to uh, rural households' ability to be food uh, secure and how that in turn relates to the larger question of human development, which is the ability uh, of uh, uh, people to lead lives with dignity and freedom. And rural urban migration is not new. In fact, uh, contrary to uh, the popular perception of rural communities as, as being sedentary, uh, migration has traditionally been an important part of livelihoods for rural households, and this is because agriculture follows the cycles of peak and lean season. Uh, so in off seasons, when there isn't any work around, rural households usually have members uh, who move out to pursue urban non-farm jobs, either in, uh, uh, in towns near their villages or in, in large cities far off, uh, to supplement family income. So migration for work has always been there. 
I must uh, add here that migration has now uh, become even more important for rural livelihoods because of the growing distress uh, on farming due to a range uh, of factors, really. Um, uh, so much so that while earlier rural urban migration formed part of rural livelihoods, rural uh, communities now uh, uh, in India and many parts of the developing world chiefly depend on migration uh, income. So in a way, uh, migration is the livelihood for millions of rural families, not, you know, uh, not just in India, but across many, many developing countries. Uh, in India, uh, uh, in uh, the related recent work that I've done shows that there are nearly 200 million people who are transitioning their de dependency away from agriculture. So, so you have huge numbers in, in, in terms of people involved and with agriculture in decline, what this means is that the importance of agriculture as a source of food security, which has traditionally been the case, has also reduced. But we know virtually nothing about the role migration plays uh, in and in what ways to affect food security of rural households engaged in migration. And that's what encouraged me to um, you know, take up this issue. Uh, now, um, to answer uh, your question uh, more specifically on the motiva motivation guiding this book, well, the origin of this book lies uh, in my doctoral work in geography at the University of Sydney. Um, and I've already sort of said what led me to pursue this topic because we there wasn't much. Uh, and I was interested uh, in my PhD in questions of what means and strategies rural households devise um, to gain access to food and quickly figured that migration, uh, despite being significant, was inadequately understood for its food security impacts. The only uh, reference really uh, on this migration food security relationship one finds. And this is also the dominant view, uh, again, stemming from sort of this whole sedentary characterization of rural communities is that the rural people move uh, when they are faced with food shortages or extreme distress uh, more broadly. Uh, and this distress-centric perspective has gained greater salience in recent years as uh, disrupting effects of conflict climate change and economic downturns uh, heighten global food insecurity and prompt migration in many, uh, many uh, developing countries. Of course, people move when they are faced with, uh, with food insecurity, but there's a lot more to migration food security relationship, which is not understood. So I felt there was a need uh, for a more uh, holistic, a more nuanced account of migration food security relationship. And when I pitched this uh, book idea to Cambridge University Press, uh, they found it interesting and worthwhile, and so did the reviewers. So I'm happy that the book is out. Uh, right. Uh, and you talk about this as part of the motivation. So, you know, I also have to ask you how one could understand the links between migration and food security in the wider global context. Uh, I'm glad you asked this question. Uh, this issue of migration food security relationship has uh, wider global significance and I make this case uh, in my book and I alluded to um, uh, 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 just now. Um, even uh, if the uh, country uh, that I focus is India. So just to give you a sense uh, of the larger global development discourse, 
uh, in recent years these uh, two issues of migration and food security have come to occupy very prominent uh, place in global uh, development research and policy agendas um uh, since early 2000 uh, right to food politics has gained greater uh, salience and food security for all has emerged as an important uh, development and political objective and this is reflected in the official development declarations such as the millennium development goals uh, that uh, in 2000 uh, and now uh, their success of the sustainable development goals so you have sdg 2 um, uh, that envisages eliminating all forms of food security and undernourishment from the planet at the same time uh, policy significance of migration has increased tremendously uh, in the past few years leading um, multilateral organizations such as the world bank undp international organization for migration have all in various reports and publications uh, highlighted uh, that migration migration is increasingly important for development for both origin and source community um and unlike earlier migration is now being viewed more positively uh, for uh, for development and sustainable development goals also recognize the importance of migration in promoting sustainable human development so these two issues uh, are important um, um parts of global development policy uh, agenda and discourse but there's also a huge disconnect uh, between these two um uh, larger global development agendas in that they tend to be uh, looked at in separate silos without uh, uh, an appreciation really of the mutual connection they bear so so there is a need to bridge this divide between uh, migration and food security which is what i attempt to do in this book uh, drawing on uh, the indian case um but the relevance uh, and relevance as i said uh, uh, of studying migration food security nexus extends beyond india uh, even though i focus on india um uh, and that is because migration forms a, a key uh, and increasingly important component of li- livelihoods for many rural households across the developing world now uh, also with overwhelming evidence that remittances uh, play an increasingly vital role in the well-being of rural communities which were traditionally dependent on small scale farming uh, uh, and these communities are um, facing agrarian decline um and this agreement decline is is quite ubiquitous across context even though the precise reasons vary widely from one place to another uh, some of these uh, reasons include declining state support for smallholder communities smallholder uh, smallholder farming uh, corporate farming in uh, uh, adverse incorporation of farm households in uh, global agri food value chains uh and increasingly uh, uh effects of climate change on farm production and income uh, uh i must also add that uh, there are also aspirations um uh, young people particularly don't see uh, farming uh, uh as their future 
so so my while migration has been uh, traditionally been a part of rural livelihood it now plays a greater role than ever uh, including in food security which is uh, which is uh, becoming increasingly dependent on non farm income sources but you know as i said we don't know a, a whether and how migration relate uh, relates to how food security in the developing uh, world and uh, this is what my book uh, uh, attempts to do it attempts to start a conversation on this topic which uh, i believe has relevance across contexts uh, right uh, thank you for that answer and you talk about the global wider context so could you also talk a little bit about your own field site sure uh, so i did my field work in a district in the northern indian state of bihar the district of sivan uh, which is located in western bihar uh, bihar is among the poorest sta- states of india even though it has lately witnessed fast uh, economic growth uh bihar suffers from high food insecurity and undernourishment and high poverty coupled with lack of gainful employment options mean that migration is an important part of livelihood for a large majority of bihar's population uh within bihar uh, sivan is among the most backward places and in fact it is a one of the most backward districts of india on several indicators of economic and human development again there has been some improvement in recent years but the overall situation leaves much to be desired uh, nearly 95% of sivan population lives in rural areas against the national urbanization level of over 30 little over 30% which too is low um, local livelihood in sivan are reliant excessively on farming uh, but the district also has high uh, population density so as per 2011 census there were about 1500 persons per square kilometer uh, what this means is that uh, uh, the district has high land man ratios uh, and uh, this is reflected in the pattern of land holding uh, average land sizes in uh, in sivan are exceptionally small uh, uh, pushing households to diversify their livelihoods um, uh, to non farm sources and migration has therefore uh, traditionally been an important part of rural livelihoods and it is significant has uh, uh, only increased recently uh, much of the migration from the district uh, is within the country mainly to large indian cities but a large number of uh, people from sivan and uh, the region of western bihar uh, more uh, more generally also increasingly migrate for uh, low skill work to countries in the middle east uh, migration uh, is uh, and has uh, 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 traditionally been the preserve of men while the women uh, face cultural restrictions on their mobility and therefore uh, they stay behind in the villages uh, migration is also circular uh but uh, now uh the circular migration occurs for longer duration in that men now spend a large part of the year away from the villages given the uh, growing stress on uh, ag- agrarian livelihoods uh and these were the reasons high food insecurity and migration that led me to focus on uh, this district and uh, on the state uh, for this book to uh, generate uh, wider uh, insights on this relationship between migration and food security right 
so uh, because you know uh, your book is also based on primary research what are the methodological tools that you have used and how do you also use data in this particular work right so my approach uh, involves a combination of uh, using secondary data uh, from india's population census surveys village studies and other historical records and documents as well as the primary field work in sivan district to get uh, uh, an on ground perspective from the field uh, primary field work uh, uh, certainly is an important part of the methodology because there wasn't uh, much directly on migration food security connection um, so primary field work was important and even uh, even necessary the field work um, uh, used a mixed method approach involving village household surveys with a representative sample of households uh, including migrant households and non migrant households uh, key informant interviews uh, with officials and panchayat uh, uh, institutions and in depth interviews with migrants uh, belonging to the rural sevani households in cities um, and to give you um, um, uh, this uh, a bit uh, this information in bit more detail so the village household surveys were conducted with 197 uh rural households that had one or more migrant members which i call migrant households uh and 195 households without any migrants which uh, i refer to in the book as non migrant households and, and these household uh, were spread across 10 different uh, villages uh, as part of the surveys with migrant households i also surveyed uh, uh 145 wives of the migrants uh, uh, given the male dominated nature of migration and later conducted some interviews with some of uh, these women uh, respondent then um, there were 10 in depth interviews with migrants that i conducted in city so in this book i used this data from quantitative surveys and qualitative interviews as well as secondary sources so for example to highlight the male dominated pattern of migration from sivan i used the sex ratio data uh, from population census for over 100 years and then used surveys and interviews i i conducted with the wives of male migrant to unpack the ways in which gender mediates migration food security uh, outcomes so the idea is to uh, uh, provide a more granular nuanced perspective on this relationship using a combination of primary and secondary data right sounds very interesting and of course even when reading the book i get a sense of the use of your mixed methods uh coming to the next question could you also talk a little bit about this relationship between food insecurity or security migration and urbanization in india um uh, uh, sure so the relationship between food insecurity uh, migration and urbanization in india is a complicated uh, story uh, but important uh, certainly so if you look at india's economic growth the past 3 decades have been exceptionally phenomenal and the country has made great strides since the early 1990s when economic reforms were initiated india's uh, high economic growth has also changed the sectoral composition of the economy so the share of agriculture in national income has decreased and much of the recent economic growth uh, is urban centric and this structural transition uh, is an inevitable part of development process 
as the economic structure moves from rural agriculture to industry and services in cities and towns, it also leads to an increase uh, in urbanization as people migrate from rural areas to cities uh, in response to these um, uh, macroeconomic uh, uh, changes. And usually better paying non-farm urban jobs uh, uh, have uh, the effect of improving living standards. This has been observed in the historical experience of uh, today's advanced countries in Europe, North America, uh, in Japan, and more recently in China. But in India, this transition uh, hasn't been that neat. Uh, while um, the importance of agriculture sector has declined and farming now contributes about 15% of India's national income, nearly 70% of India's population still lives in rural areas. And uh, it is not that they are not migrating. In fact, rural urban migration has uh, increased significantly because urban areas are where employment and economic activities have come to concentrate. But much of the migration in India is temporary and circular and, and not permanent. Uh, one important reason uh, for uh, this uh, uh, pattern of migration is that much of India's recent economic growth has tended to be capital uh, and skill intensive, which has created a few decent formal jobs for those with education and skills, uh, for example, the IT engineers, um, while those without low, without with low education and skills, uh, transitioning their dependency away from farming, and uh, uh, you know it's a segment which constitutes a majority of India's labor force, uh, are excluded from uh, the riches of India's economic boom. So they are engaged in urban informal jobs where wages are low and job uh, uh, security. Uh, virtually absent. Um, and what it does is that it precludes opportunities uh, for these rural population moving to urban areas to settle in cities on a permanent basis. And this also explains what is uh, what is called India's urbanization puzzle, which is that India has low urbanization despite uh, rapid economic growth. Um, but the stress on farm-based livelihood as a result of these economic shifts mean that the role of agriculture as a source of food security, which I said has traditionally been the case, has significantly weakened. And now it is the incomes earned in urban areas precarious as this income uh, uh, is, uh, uh, but it now increasing, it is increasingly significant for the food security of rural households. So the complicated story there, but uh, but a story uh, that needs to be understood. Right. Uh, also, again, you know, coming to specifically your field site, do you see any connection between food-based safety nets and migration, particularly in Bihar? Uh, yes, uh, they, there is a connection. Uh, so as I said before, Bihar suffers from high levels of poverty and food uh, insecurity, which means that the government-run food-based safety nets, uh, such as the subsidized food ration uh, through the public distribution system, or meals for children attending schools in Anganwadi, are uh, of great importance. Uh, at the same time, these schemes suffer from very high levels of maladministration, corruption, and pilferage. For example, when I uh, did my fieldwork, many poor households uh, who are entitled to a monthly food ration through the PDS system told me that in a year, they got uh, food ration for uh, you know, half of the year and not every month. Uh, 
and when they did get uh, their ration the quantity was less at times uh, the food grains they received were of uh, poor quality and even uh, inedible uh, so while the food based social protection is important these challenges in the operational aspects of um, the the safety nets make the make these foods Based safety nets a weak uh, anchor of food uh, security uh, in Bihar, and when this support is not available, uh, coupled with the general lack of local employment opportunities, this also means that households rely more on migration incomes. I must add uh, uh, here, uh, though, that it is also wrong. It's wrong to think that food safety nets can be a substitute for migration, which is uh, what uh, you know, policy uh, makers often think. Uh, but uh, the safety net certainly help poor households to navigate the food and income shocks that they are routinely subjected to. Right. So, how can one explain the large scale migration from Bihar to other parts of the country? Uh, well, the short answer is that they are simply. Uh, uh, you know, no uh, or uh, inadequate employment opportunities in in Bihar. Uh, Bihar has suffered from a, a very long spell of bad policy management, beginning um, in the colonial times when the permanent settlement uh, was introduced by uh, uh, by the colonial administrators uh, uh, towards the end of uh, uh, 18th century. Um, discrimination then Bihar faced uh, in allocation of funds from central government as well as uh, investment in infrastructure post-independence. So, for example, um, green revolution reforms, which were systematically inserted in the Gangetic Plain states of Punjab and Haryana in the northwest of India, while Bihar, uh, which is in the same Gangetic region, was bypassed. Um, then they were also problems uh, internal and peculiar uh, to Bihar. This includes uh, the stronghold of caste-based hierarchies that have uh, often taken priority over uh, over developmental issues, as well as the problems of law, order, and governance for uh, 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 for a decade and a half, uh, beginning in the 1990s, uh, when India introduced economic reforms. And of course, Bihar uh, Bihar has had high population growth rate. Um, uh, and all of this uh, meant that the state has uh, lacked the ability to support its people. So uh, so they migrate to other parts of the country uh, that have done well. Right. A related question as well. Uh, do you think that migration of individual members of a household will influence the food security of other members of that particular household? Yes. Uh, work migration of uh, individual household members does influence the food security of those who stay behind in the villages. Uh, the most direct impact of uh, uh, of migration uh, on food security is through the money that urban migrants send um, um, to their members in the village uh, or uh, the remittances uh, and the impact of remittances on food security uh, in uh, my study showed were uh, uh, positive in overall uh, terms. Um, and what it my, my field research showed that remittances 
equip the poor households with adequate means uh, you know you know uh, with through cash incomes which they used uh, to then buy food items from the market uh, and this was important given the land holdings uh, are very very small there um, nearly all the remittances receiving households uh, uh, i surveyed uh, reported that they used money on food but there there were other ways through which the effect of remittances played out to improve household food security remittances also allowed rural households to invest in the small land parcels they own uh, avoid distressed selling of land and saving land was also uh, often the main migration motivation for some households and in some cases where remittances were higher um for example households that had three or more migrant members working in cities uh, received um a, a greater remittance remittance income they also in in such cases they also allowed accumulation of more land so uh, it was a two way relationship a lack of adequate land pushed households to migrate and remittances were then uh, invested or recycled uh, in agricultural land and agriculture in the origin and investment in land and agriculture also improved food security through the mechanism of own food production uh, which is particularly important uh, in times of high food inflation that characterizes our current agri food system so uh, my remittances that migrants send to their home communities were crucial for their food security um though i must uh, mention that in my interviews with the migrants in city i found that many migrants resorted to consumption rationing meaning that they had less uh, food in order to save more to send you know money uh, in back in the village hey. also um, this particular migration uh, does it also have any impact on household power dynamics and relations it's a very uh, important question particularly uh, given the temporary circular nature of migration and as i said the labor migration uh, is not only circular but it's also predominantly undertaken by men while the women uh, stay behind and this non permanent male dominated pattern of migration um, i must add is not just restricted to bihar but is in fact the dominant form of labor mobility in large parts of india um uh, and why uh, why this happens is because the urban jobs that most uh, migrant Uh, find themselves in our precarious do not allow them to carve out permanent urban life mean that they need permanent base somewhere uh, so they remain rooted in their villages and that also means that they need to protect and maintain their assets um house land holding livestock uh, um and so on at the at the village base and this is a a, a job uh, performed by the members who stay behind in the village mainly women given you know as i said it's a it's a men who migrate now this uh, triggers a significant uh, changes in household gender power dynamics so with women managing uh, the households in the absence of their men it often results in greater female autonomy and mobility which is quite significant in in patriarchal societies uh, uh, such as uh, sivan and bihar where women face several constraints uh, in the villages i studied male migration meant that it is increasingly the women who single handedly uh, manage their families and communities getting groceries handling fam- family's finances managing kids education and dealing with the state 
um, women's contribution are more visible and valued, which uh, often uh, has the effect of enhancing their bargaining position within the household. Uh, men recognize the role women play in running their family. Um, also, migration and exposure to cities uh, uh, where gender norms are more uh, or uh, relatively uh, better also uh, bring about attitudinal changes among men on women and women's place within the households. Um, and I don't mean to say that male migration means all good things for women. In fact, migration of men also led to women taking on uh, additional responsibilities of household reproductive and productive functions. So uh, earlier when women face restriction on their work, now they tend to say household farm. Uh, in fact, family farming is now uh, in in many cases done solely by women, with women performing virtually all tasks in agriculture from sowing to harvesting. And this is in addition to their caring responsibilities, which often leave uh, the women who stay behind depleted. And importantly, uh, despite women's increased role in agriculture, their food, uh, their own food uh, uh, security is often at risk, uh, not uh, always because there isn't um, uh, um, food or resources in the household, but often because of time poverty uh, that male migration creates for women, which means that they uh, often don't eat their uh, meals on time or often skip meals uh, and so on. So it's a complex story, but there are huge changes in intra-household uh, power relations that migration triggers, particularly the gender power relations. Right. Interesting. I think we often forget to think about the women when we are talking about migration. So, uh, Chetan, last question. What would you think is the future scope of research in this particular area? So, uh, this book um, I, is an attempt to uh, start and inspire a more detailed conversation on migration food security linkages in uh, development research and policy uh, discussions. Um, um, so it's it's natural that the book raises more question than uh, than it answers, uh, and you know there are several potential areas of future research uh, uh, that I that I identify and uh, and highlight in the book. Uh, first, um, we need to understand and document migration better. Uh, I say this because migration that we see in India, uh, and I believe it is the case in uh, many other developing country while uh, maintaining its circular nature uh, 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 because of the reasons we discussed is also now occurring for longer duration. Um, and the reason is because agrarian livelihoods are coming under increasing stress. Uh, and also because, as I said, uh, many people, especially the youth, do not see their futures uh, as connected with uh, rural areas of farming. Um, so what this means is that migration and remittances are now the lifeblood of rural communities and has uh, the potential to influence development uh, outcomes. Uh, but much of this migration goes unrecorded in official data uh, sources. Um, uh, this is partly because of the difficulties in capturing temporary migration, uh, 
uh, as migrants often move to several different places in a short span. But the official neglect of labor migration in India uh, certainly is also a function uh, of the fact that it, it involves low-skilled migrants without the political voice. So, uh, uh, but this migration is significant and there's a need to understand and record the motivations, intentions, and outcomes of migration and how they relate to not just food security, but the uh, uh, household aspirations, uh, livelihoods, and life goals. Second, um, we, we need to understand this migration food security relationship better. I, um, I did not quite talk about it, but my research shows that women uh, face greater gender-based vulnerabilities to food uh, insecurity in the absence of men, uh, even though they were more autonomous. Um, so, uh, and, uh, so while women-headed households uh, women-headed migrant households spend more money on food and prioritize food security of their families as compared to male-headed migrant households. They reported greater food insecurity, uh, which uh, I interpret as uh, uh, as associated with gender-based disadvantage uh, women face. So we need to know the ways in which male migration creates patterns of advantages and disadvantages and better understand and address the gender-specific vulnerabilities that women-headed household face uh, in the absence of men. Uh, third, the question of why households continue to invest uh, migrant remittances in land and agriculture is also a question uh, worth uh, investigating because it really defies the conventional theories uh, of structural transformation and de-agrarianization that assume a linear permanent shift of workers from farm uh, to rural farm to urban non-farm sectors. Uh, of course, we know that informal urban jobs provide part of the explanation, but it seems that there's more to this story uh, and rural households' attachment with land and origin um, uh, places also shape these strategies. So there is a need for more holistic understanding of, of these issues. Um, uh, for um, this migration food security relationship uh, is important and will assume greater significance as climate change uh, um, exerts negatively on farm system and uh, push greater number of rural dwellers to engage in migration. So we need to account for climate change effects and study rural households' responses to changing climate. It also calls uh, for an approach that considers household at both origin, rural origin and urban destination, because climate change can leave vulnerable populations, especially women and children who stay behind in the villages in very strained environments. Um, finally, um, and relatedly, while this book uh, focuses on food security of uh, uh, rural households, we also need to study the food uh, situation of urban migrants at destination, because often migrants compromise their own food security to save up more to send that extra saving to family members so there is a need to extend this research to urban environments in india 
I have received a, a small grant from Australian consulate in Chennai to study the food security of urban migrant communities, and I'm currently working on it. Uh, so maybe uh, in our next chat, uh, next uh, conversation we have, um, you know, it can be on that. Uh, uh, you know, when I finish that uh, research and have something con concrete to share, really. Uh, that definitely sounds lovely, and I would look forward to it. Thank you so much, Chetan, for talking to me about your book and i hope that more and more people read it thank you once again thanks uh, thanks for inviting me uh, for this podcast with